You're listening to Campus Review Radio. I'm Patrick Avenal and I'm the news editor of Campus Review. Professor Margaret Gardner is the Vice-Chancellor of Monash University. I spoke with Professor Gardner about the budget and its impact and I started by asking for her overall thoughts. Like other universities, we will um, have to uh, take into account uh, cut in our government funding, which will uh, mean that we have less funding available than we would otherwise have anticipated for the years ahead. Um, I think that the there is likely to be, if the performance funding goes ahead, considerable work that will be done across the sector and then will find its way into universities, as there always is, if you have to um, work with a new performance funding formula or set of indicators and how they will be um, embedded in the university's work. So that is actually, I anticipate, a very significant amount of work where the, as far as I can tell, still from the budget, the only, the, the best you can hope to ha- happen as a result of good performance is that you will not have a further, you know, you will not lose the 7.5% that you might otherwise do that's in the pool. Um, I think that those two things will produce the biggest immediate changes um, because they are the biggest changes in the budget. Um, the, I mean, obviously the other big change in the budget will be the effect on students in terms of how they react to contributions and, in fact, the uh, effect on graduates of um, lowering thresholds and higher payments for those on higher income levels. And um, they're obviously effects on the university community. They won't be felt... Um, they, they will have effects on those, those individuals and those individuals' decisions, um, which are significant for them. Do you keep a dialogue open with the student body, the student cohort, to find out what they think about these decisions? Yes. Uh, in fact, um, we have uh, a regular meeting with the students about... Uh, well, oh, I'll range, I have a regular meeting with all the student leaders. So we, Monash, it's probably slightly unusual. It has a, a um, student leader representative of us of the Student Association on every campus uh, and I meet with them um, three times a year. Because of the budget, there will be uh, a further meeting with them to, to discuss the budget. And yes, we, we do actually hear from them um, and have discussion with them. And what sort of feedback have you received? Uh, no, we haven't had that meeting Oh, you haven't yet. had it yet? Are you bracing no. yourself for it? I, I don't. I can't imagine that they will think that's a good outcome. 
Do you, do you think that universities in general in Australia have a bit of an image problem or a bit of a PR problem? Because the government seems to have done a pretty effective job spinning a narrative that universities are a bit of a drain on the economy and that they're a burden rather than like a really important and vibrant part of our community? Yes, I thought that was... I thought that the, the accompanying narrative um, last week on the higher education proposals was um, was particularly unfair. Um, if I could, I mean, we have had in, in economic impact studies done on on Monash in its environment, and I shared those with um, with staff, uh, and I've shared those with government before. So for every dollar of government funding that Monash receives, we generate $5.10 of, of value for, um, as you know, uh, universities are Australia's largest service export, a third largest export. Monash directly accounts for $3.9 billion worth of economic activity annually. We contribute $1.5 billion annually from international education to the economy. We directly employ nearly 18,000 staff. We actually, because of our expenditure, contribute, it's calculated, to some further 2,800 jobs, that is beyond the university. We spend about $640 million a year in various external ways. That's everything from bringing food trucks onto the campus to, you know, the thing, construction. I thought it was unfortunate that, in fact, the very necessary renewal and refurbishment of university facilities and buildings in order to provide high-quality education and student accommodation and world-class research facilities was seen, was portrayed as somehow an inappropriate expenditure of our money. Since 2013, the government has not provided any direct government grants to cover our capital expenditure. We have to be able to budget in order just to maintain it, to stop it from crumbling to the ground. I mean, these are public assets that we're maintaining. But also, students have a right who are paying fees and paying through health contributions have a right to expect that we are innovating in teaching and providing high quality facilities, that we are able to provide accommodation for students who would wish it, and we have big waiting lists, <laughs> um, that we can provide a rounded life for a student. And Australia wouldn't have much in the way of research if the universities weren't doing it. And we fund that research. And every time the government puts out a call for research funding, they often are asking us to also contribute to it, to match the funding they put out. We have to find that matching funding from somewhere as well. So, yes, you can hear that I do not think it was reasonable to underplay what are the hugely significant economic benefits that universities provide to the nation, to the region, uh, if you like, but you speak very passionately and very powerfully about this subject. Do you get the opportunity to speak in such terms to the Minister and his department and do you feel as though they take these 
concerns and these arguments on board? Um, well, I mean, I, I can't, I cannot, um, I cannot speak for the minister and the department, but I would expect that they don't need the passionate speech, but that they can read the evidence. And I think the evidence is pretty incontrovertible. And I, I, I believe that it has been put before minister and department on more than one occasion. <laughs> In that case, how do you get your point of view across to sort of the Australian population so that you know, when we when we go to vote and, you know, just in our general sort of day-to-day activity, we value universities more so that, that they becomes a higher priority? Well, I think we have to be able to explain our benefit um, through others. Uh, I suspect that we do need the voices of our students, of our graduates, of the broader community, of our industry partners, and I would ask that they um, spoke strongly about these matters because um, it is clear that our, our, the voice, our voice alone, is not enough. Was there were there any positives that you could take from the budget this year? Um, well, um, there has certainly um, been uh, announcements in the budget after, after the higher education announcements. There are announcements of areas of funding for research, which are always welcome because uh, they're, in fact, research funding in Australia, we have to make up a lot of the indirect costs. We we really, so further funding to support um, important areas, I think, to be welcomed. I was pleased that the Higher Education Participation Program um, is going to be legislated for because I think it's important that we entrench the support for disadvantaged students um, because that is really critical to providing appropriate access and opportunity. So I think those two things were, uh, you know, in broad, a number of the announcements on research which have come post the higher education announcements and the announcement in the higher education area of the um, legislation and therefore in that sense entrenching of support for disadvantaged students was actually a good thing. And is there anything else you would like to add regarding the budget or anything else? Um, I, I think the key thing to say is this, that universities are, are a major source of investment and innovation in the nation. They are not a drain on the government's coffers. And to treat them as if they can continue to perform at world-class levels with a continuing slicing of their funding, which has been happening since at least 2007, is to actually be, um, it's to potentially squander and undermine the very vibrancy, quality, impact and innovation that the sector provides. And it will not be helpful if in, in a few years someone looks back and said, gee, once upon a time Australia had a great university sector. 
One of the things that I think has been um, misleading to the public about the student contributions has been, you know, this... So what they've done is aggregate and said, oh, well, students will only pay for 46% of their education. But you know and I know that there are five contribution levels. And that if you're in law, business or economics, you're paying more like 80% of the cost of your uh, education. And so the government contribution is about, from memory, it's like about 1,300 to a degree that costs, you know, where the total contribution, uh, the total with the student contributions, let's call it 12 and a half. I might have these dollars wrong, I haven't got mm-hmm. them in front. But, but, you know, it's of that order. So they're paying those students... Now, what that means is, you know, you cut the government contribution again. Let's be clear, in law, business and economics units, students are paying basically for, for the degree. The government is putting nothing in. And that, I think, is a significant distortion that is covered up by talking about 46 to 52. Not all students are paying 46% of their degrees. <laughs> A number of our domestic students are paying for the overwhelming majority of their degrees. 